the State College Football Podcast with Nick Hauschalter and Nathan Brella. Presents Episode 13 Impressive win in Central Dauphin and Altoona Preview Welcome to the 13th episode of the State College of Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosshalter. I'm Nathan Grilla, and we got the Baker's Dozen episode here today. I didn't realize that until you just said 13, so. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, actually, I don't think anyone doesn't know that a Baker's Dozen is 13. I hopefully, hopefully not. Anyways, <laughs> because this is a football podcast, we are going to talk about football. So... Couple... Let's talk about those football. Things. Yeah, that 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 football. <laughs> Let's talk about that football kind of game that we're supposed to talk about. We're stretching this joke way too thin, and it's way too early to do this in a podcast. <laughs> All right, moving on. Already forty-eight seconds in. <laughs> wow, that that might be a new record. That might yeah. be <laughs> <laughs> the fastest moving on. I think we needed it this time, honestly. Yeah, that was a pretty bad sequence, and this is a pretty bad sequence. So let's just get into talking about some football. Um, last week we picked Downingtown East versus Downingtown West. It was a pick 'em. We both picked West for a reason other than that we thought they would win, um, and it turned out West won 28-7. So good job yeah, on us. We honestly don't have any analysis for this. We were basically like, oh, look, a game. Between East and West, let's pick West because West is neat. And I think Nathan picked West because it was like middle school or something. Yeah, I went to middle school, West Middle School in Westminster, Maryland. So. Yeah, so we don't have any logic for it, but it happened. They won 28-7, good for West. Both were right on that pick. Next, we've got a big game. Um, well, relatively big game in the fact that we actually care about it. Somewhat care about it, yeah. although it does not impact us in the slightest. So. Yeah, but it is a mid-pen matchup, so it's at least more interesting than Downingtown East at Downingtown West. This time, it was Central Dauphin at Carlisle. Central, Central Dauphin, Dauphin East. Yes, excuse me. Central Dauphin East. Central Dauphin was playing a different opponent this weekend. Um, CD East was favored by seven points over Carlisle. Both Nathan and I picked the over, and they ended up winning 28-9. to So again, we were both correct. Um, Central Dauphin East has shown a lot of athleticism. You know, I'm not all that surprised that they beat Carlisle. I mean, Carlisle's definitely looked a lot better this year than last year, but they're I don't still, think they're at the level. They're still either the worst or the second worst team in the mid pen. So, and I have but to the say, the mid pen is a lot stronger than yeah. It was I was last year. I was gonna say like top to bottom, the mid pen's actually really good this year. I mean, even Chambersburg and Carlisle, some of those teams that are traditionally awful are playing at a level that would be considered at least mediocre in most every other year. And the team and the team we're playing this week is probably the one team that you could say is consistently not that good. So, but we'll, well talk about that I later. I mean, Cumberland Valley's consistently not that good, but they also beat this team, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of puts a damper on things. Um moving on, we've we're going out of the mid-pen to a very big matchup. Um, just something that you see these two names and it pops out at you because they are traditional powerhouses. You've got St. Joseph's Prep, the reigning number one, who is favored by 21 at Archbishop Wood, who also is famous for being very competitive team in years past. You know, they're both private Catholic schools. And fun fact, both of these teams actually played each other in the championship two years ago. Yeah, so they've both made deep playoff runs or playoff wins recently. Um, but despite that, Archbishop Wood got outclassed completely by St. Joseph's Prep, which is not all that surprising because St. Joe's is still number one in the state. St. Joe's has actually played three less games than everyone else, and they're still going to make it to the playoffs because they're just that good. Yeah. I don't. I don't think, like... They even scheduled ten games. I think they just scheduled seven or six, and they're just they're just gonna play those six games and then go in the playoffs and beat everybody because they don't need to. They don't need to schedule any out of conference. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Anyways, um, St. Joseph's ended up winning forty nine fourteen. Like we said, not that surprising. Archbishop Wood is good. St. Joseph's 
Well, Archbishop Wood is elite. St. Joseph's is at another level. So. St. Joseph's is Alabama if Alabama didn't even, like, blink. That's how good St. Joseph's is. So, actually, Alabama usually doesn't blink anyway. But we haven't really seen them tested yet all year. Yeah. Are you talking about St. Joseph's Prep or Alabama, or both? Um, both of them really haven't been tested. Although Archbishop Wood is a very good team. So, maybe St. Joseph's just a whole different level. Yeah. Really yeah. good. You don't see many people beating Archbishop Wood 49-14. I mean, that's a big deal. That's... And especially, possibly the most surprising part of that is that Archbishop Wood only scored 14 points. Yeah. I think that says a lot, because they have a very high-flying offense. Um, I don't think I would have expected them to score that few. I certainly didn't expect them to win, but I didn't expect them to get held to two touchdowns. I mean, in high school football, two touchdowns is not a lot. <laughs> That's not a lot at all, you know? But, anyways, both of us picked the under for some reason. Well, Archbishop Wood is a good football team, so... We thought they would give them at least somewhat of a game, but... Unfortunately, they didn't. Nope. So we were completely wrong on that. Um, we were actually only a touchdown away from being right on the spread, so... We weren't yeah. that bad. Actually, no, we were two touchdowns away. We That's, were what That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Math, it'll get after you. Alright, so the next game we got is the team we're playing this week, Altoona at Cumberland Valley. Cumberland Valley was winless, I think. What, did they have one win? Or? No, they, they had one win at this point. Okay. Well, Cumberland Valley won the game 24-21 to over Altoona. Um, the game was a pick em. We both picked Cumberland Valley, and we were both right. Um, earlier in the season, we were kind of questioning how good Altoona was, and then we thought they were good after they beat Williamsport, and then ever since then, they have looked really, really, really bad. So. And Williamsport has also looked bad. Yes, um, speaking of Williamsport, they were six-point favorites against Delaware Valley. Um, Nick picked the over. I picked the under and the win, and that must have been the easiest under and win I've ever picked because they won 41 to nothing. <laughs> this so, is probably my worst loss on the show in terms of picks against the spread. I'm feeling it. I'm definitely feeling it this time. I, um, I mean, here's the deal. Williamsport has probably been the largest fall from grace that I've seen in high school football in a long time. To be ranked in the top five. And well, to... you lose Trayson Potts, that's a huge loss because Trayson Potts, of course, well, yeah. from Minnesota. No, I totally agree. Back. I totally agree. But that one player can't be the reason why you lose to Delaware Valley by 41 points and get shut out. That is an embarrassment. At home, too. Yeah, that's just... That's just terrible. For a team that was ranked in the top five, I mean, you never expect to see that. So, Altoona is looking worse and worse, and their win over Williamsport is looking worse and worse as well. I mean, just interesting, to say the yes. least. Harrisburg, um, they were 23-point favorites against Chambersburg. You might have thought that was a little bit lofty against Chambersburg's high-flying offense, and you would have been right. Because they won twenty-eight to thirteen, Nick was. And by high flying, you mean they only scored thirteen points? Well, yeah. Which against Harrisburg is not that bad. Relatively close. Harrisburg's offense, while they are very athletic and good, they they're not built to score a ton of points. Um, yeah, that's so. true. Even though they're fast, they tend to rely a lot on quarterback scrambles and passes outside the pocket that are generally not as efficient. And their running back's good, but he seems to take a lot of negative yardage plays. He's kind of a high-risk kind of guy. Um, I don't know. Harrisburg, I'm surprised that they were held to 28 points. Chambersburg's defense is not that good. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure we beat Chambersburg by more than Harrisburg. Is that I think correct? Nick's just trying to justify why I picked the over on a 23-point okay, spread. Okay, listen, listen. That was, was a smart pick. That was a smart pick, okay? Chambersburg's defense should not be that good. I picked the under, but if this were a total point spread, like a combined point spread, we both probably would have been wrong because we both think Chambersburg's offense is relatively decent, and 
Harrisburg's offense is relatively defense, and Harrisburg, of course, was going to win this game. Although this game was close most of the night. We were hearing score updates throughout our game, and we were like, oh, Chambersburg, they're keeping it kind of close here. <laughs> so, yeah, I think at one point it was 17-14 Chambersburg or something like that. I don't know. It was like 13-9. Yeah, I know Chambersburg was up at some point, and we were like, hey, wouldn't that be nice? Unfortunately, it wasn't nice. No. Um, but what was kind of nice is that Mifflin County pulled off another win. And by kind of nice, I mean, all right. They won 29-25 over a 5A team, which was a real, actually a good 5A team in Dover. Um, Dover was actually 18 points favorites. Neither of us got this right because Nick picked the under at 18. I picked the over because I like being obstinate against Mifflin County. Um, yeah, but, I, but, but I was more correct. You can't be more correct on picking spreads. You either lose money or you make money. So <laughs> That's true, but we're not playing with money. We're playing with prestige. You're and I gonna, was more pre- I was more correct than you were. You're not going to leave the casino losing money and you're going to be like, well, at least I was more correct than that guy who lost the exact same amount of money I did. So I mean, <laughs> maybe if you want to be a positive, positive person. Hey, here's my thoughts. If you're losing money anyways, you might as well be more correct than the guy sitting next to you. Am I right? No, you're you can losing the amount of money. Yeah, but you have a more satisfying loss than that person. If you're losing money, nothing's satisfying. You're losing money. <laughs> hey, it all depends on your point of view. I'm just kidding. Of course, you're losing money. I don't want to lose money. Thankfully, we're not playing with money because we are not encouraging you to bet on high school games. This is just a fun time. Because betting high, on high school games is very illegal. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, we just do this for fun. So, here is your playoff update coming straight out of my brain. Um, basically, uh, we go to the playoffs are D6810, I believe. Um, the only... 6A teams in District 6 are Altoona, Mifflin County, and State College. That is not a very <laughs> wide com- competition pool. I'll um, say that. District 8 and 10, I think the only other really 6A teams is our team like Erie. So we'll probably have play them to four District 6A10, um, even though they're not very good. Our loss to Harrisburg doesn't really affect our playoff standing. It just affects our mid-pen standing. Um, I don't think we're going to win the mid-pen now. Um, unless something happens to Harrisburg in the last two weeks. That's they, Harrisburg would have to lose two games. Yeah. Right? I mean, Harris, who, who does Harrisburg have next week? Here, let me see if we have it on here. So, it looks like... Harrisburg is Let's see if I can pull it up faster at Carlisle and they are favored by 30 points. So, I do not see Harrisburg losing this game. It's if they don't lose this game, as far as I can see, they clinch the midpen, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, I think after last I mean, week's loss, fine. we kind of knew it's, that. It's kind of disappointing, but it, it doesn't hurt our playoff standing because we we're pretty much Dead set on the eight six eight ten, because this, there's not really any good teams in the six eight ten. Yeah. So it's like the top middle of the state, and we're like the only. Yeah, team pretty there. much everybody in the mid pen except for us and Mifco, is like right around the Harrisburg area, much farther south. So, I mean, if you think about it, we don't really have much competition around our area. That's why we have to drive two hours to every away game, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so at least in Alaska where they have to take planes to their away game. That's why I kind of understand criticism for other other uh, state college sports when people se- celebrate like district championships for state college it's like yeah we won our district it's like yeah there's no one in our district there's literally Altoona Mifflin County and no one else so yeah practically no one else like there's only 3 6A teams in this district so Alright, we'll move on from that playoff discussion. Obviously, the playoffs 
don't really stack up well in our favor. We're probably going to have to play Pine Richland at some point along the road if we get that far. And then we'll probably, after that, if we somehow beat Pine Richland, we'll have to play the Catholic League Championship. And after that, if we Which beat. Which means the, probably St. Joe's. Probably or... St. Joe's or LaSalle College. Even though it's like, LaSalle College doesn't look that good this year, but it's, it's going to be St. Joe's unless somebody gets an upset. And then after that, even if we beat St. Joe's on some miracle. Um, then we have to play Coatesville. Coatesville or Mannheim Township or one of the Downing Towns or <laughs> any team that's there. Um, I'm not putting Coatesville as a shoe-in just yet, but Coatesville does have a pretty easy Coatesville is the there. easiest path ever. <laughs> so easy. We have to go through the Whippeal and the Catholic League. Coatesville just walks right in, probably gets their butt kicked, but hey, what are we to complain? We might not make it that far. All right, we're going to shift into some positivity because we just beat Central Dauphin in a statement win. <laughs> yeah, a, a really nice statement win. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. It, go ahead. it was nice to see because we were still missing the exact same pieces we were missing last week, and there is so much improvement. Um, Maybe some of that prov- improvement is self-explanatory. We'll see. We'll discuss that later. Um, but it was nice to see that win. Um, if we lose that game, a playoff standing doesn't really get impacted, but rankings get impacted. And, and finishing third in the mid pen isn't that. It's not fun. Um, Central Dolphin basically eliminate is eliminated now from the playoffs because Harrisburg is just too good. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the thing is, it's really a moral victory going to the playoffs too. You know, I mean. The team was so excited about that win. I mean, I was too, trust me. It, it's just, it, it totally changed the mindset coming out of that loss last week. It's really the turnaround that we needed. Um, Harrisburg is just a bump in the road at this point. And like Nathan said, not much changes practically for us. As long as we're able to get over the mental aspect of that, we're going to be in pretty good shape. Well, at least as good shape as we have been this year. So that's really the best part about this win, you know. So, Nick, who do you think was the offensive MVP from this game? I know who I know, or I know who it is, and I'm pretty sure you know who it is. Um, but I think we should just let the alarm speak for itself. Drayson Green Stuttler. Drayson Green Stuttler. There it is. Drayson Green Stuttler. Drayson Green Stuttler. Drayson Green Stuttler. All right, coming into the season, we kind of had our doubts about Drayson Green. Um, I'd heard his route running was questionable. So, but after the last game, who cares? Uh, Drayson Green. Although he's not a power back, um, he's right up there with Cohen, El- Cohen Russell. I did I just say Cohen Ellis? Um, he showed so much poise. He showed like he led the offense basically. He was the leader of the offense the whole game. Yeah. So um, broke two forty-plus yard touchdowns. Uh, Mid pen player of the week. Um, just super impressive performance, especially uh, after last week. We were kind of questioning, like, do, can you are you gonna go power versus power, or are you gonna go somewhere else? And we don't, uh, notwithstanding Isaiah Edwards, but we, we we're still missing that power back. But Drayson Green is certainly shifty enough to go against Central Dolphin. So yeah, he was shown to be versatile enough. And really, I think the difference, I mean, one of the differences, not just in Drayson, but also in our opponents, Harrisburg has an athletic and fast enough defensive <laughs> he, line. He was like, all right, he said defensive line, I'll let it go, and then he said it again, and I was like, all right, Nick. <laughs> Anyways, um, their defensive line is big and strong, but they're relatively slow. And honestly, the same can be said for their secondary, the same can be said for their linebackers. Once Drayson Green got on the outside against them, it was pretty much game over. I mean, I saw him shake so many people into the ground because 
if no one could get a hand on him, you know, at least initially, if no one could get that penetration into our O-line, then it was pretty much game over because there wasn't many people on their team that could even come close to catching him. So it's kind of the same thing with what happened to us against Harrisburg, but reversed. He was just out speeding them. He was too shifty. Yeah, and the blocking was there as well. Um, and you shaded on this. The offensive line was really, really good. Uh, when they're going against a team that... I, I Going into this game, I thought, hey, it's power versus power. It's strength versus strength. It's big white guys going against each other. And I was like, I don't know if our offensive line is as, as strong as their defensive line. It turns out we had more muscle on our side. And that's... That was the difference in the game, really. Um, our offensive line protected Tommy relatively well. They blocked for Drayson. Um, downfield passing game is still a little iffy, but w- w- the, the main aspects of our offense were generating on all cylinders. Uh, I can't do the English language today. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I mean, especially... And I mean, this is always true with an offensive line, but especially when we had lots of space, you know, when we were in the middle of the field and we had options, the only gripe that I really have about the offensive line um, is something that is expected, um, but still a little bit disturbing, is that when we had a first and one on the Central Dauphin goal line, first and goal and uh basically took four downs to punch it in so four downs for one yard well it's easy but the when... thing is central dolphin that's their strength i mean trying to run inside central dolphin is extremely difficult that's that's really their bread and butter in those situations oh you see those problems even in the nfl where guys can't get through the one yard lines because you're going against everybody on the other team so with maybe like one spy, so there's not you yeah, gotta get thing. like ten offensive linemen on the field. This is not a concern for me. I would yeah. say like this is not something that I'm really thinking. Oh man, I really wished that if we just had this one thing, I'd feel so much better about our team. It's not that. It's just something to note. You know what I mean? But honestly, I think it comes down to more the strength of Central Dolphins defensive line than the weakness of our offensive line. And they were able to get pass protection, as Nathan said. They were able to block well on the outside. And the fact of the matter is, they were able to create plays. And that's what matters. So props to them. Massive improvement over the week before. It played to our strength, but I, I would still say that the quality of the of play by everybody on the offensive line was better than last week. I think the most improvement we saw from last week to this week was just on the the missing guys from last week. You saw the replacements fill in like you didn't even notice they were gone, really. Um, Kobe Asendorf played pretty good. Uh, Logan Lieb, I thought, benefited from a whole week of practice on just the the left side. Um, Last week... It looked like he was struggling because he was flip-flopping sides with Addison Darcy, and that was kind of... I, I don't think that was in any way helping uh, what the the transition uh, losing yeah. James Pone. Uh, and that might be necessary, but it's difficult, you know? It's yeah. very difficult. Yeah. The, being able to practice on one side and stay on one side just, just helps you hone your craft more. Um, and key, I think they made the right decision not moving Addison Darcy over to the left side. Um, Addison Darcy has been really strong, but I he doesn't have a lot of as much mobility as Logan Lieb does. I'd say to play on the left side. So, but uh, Kobe Asendorf and Logan Lieb really filled in their positions well, um, and they play really well. So yeah, I think Logan Lieb was our most improved player of the week. Because, really... I mean, mean, he's playing a position that he really hasn't trained for. Um, He's definitely more of a guard. But he's also the best person for that position just because he's probably the sixth best offensive lineman on the team. So, 
Yeah, and he's physical, and he's hard to get leverage on. So, honestly, it looked to me like their defensive line was bigger than our offensive line. And when I first saw them line up, I was concerned because some of their guys had an impressive amount of size. And we saw that with Harrisburg, too. The difference is that Harrisburg guys were more athletic, and the Central Dolphin guys were huge, but... If you were able to get somebody outside of them, if you're able to hold them back, then they really couldn't do that much. Yeah. And Harrisburg, we definitely had the size advantage, I would say. The problem was we didn't have the the athleticism advantage, and Harrisburg is is doing that to every team in the mid-pen. So it's not just a problem with State College. It's Harrisburg just has different... Um, a different talent pool than every other team in the mid-pen, and that's going to give them a total advantage because they can dial up play calls on defense, especially against every other team in the mid-pen, and it'll work against every other team in the mid-pen just because of their size difference, um, just because of the speed difference. So, all yeah. right, let's start our drive-by-drive review. Basically, the game started out pretty average, I'd say. Um first drive, Drayson Green, probably the only black spot of the game, uh, was a fumble on the first drive by him. Um, but after that, it was a completely different game. Um, Central Dolphins scored on their first drive. We missed a field goal on the next drive. And then Drayson Green, of course, with the 62-yard run to tie it up in the middle of the first quarter. And that really gave us a jolt. Um, yeah, I think the whole team was still having trouble I don't, I, sh- I don't know I don't know if I can say this about the whole team but you could tell there wasn't the energy on the sidelines that we saw before Harrisburg I felt to myself you know even though we were only losing by 7 points that fumble you know the fact that they scored on the next play and then going all the way down to right near their end zone and settling for a field goal then missing the field goal just felt like everything was going wrong And even though the scoreboard was only 7-0 it just felt there was such a big weight on everybody, in my opinion. And that touchdown gave so much energy to the sideline. I felt like we perked up a lot. Well, the state high defense really stepped up after that field goal miss. They got a four and out punt, and then next play, Drazen Green touchdown. Two plays later, um, fun, Central Dolphin fumble. Jim Maniac picks it up. Touchdown. Two touchdowns, 20 seconds. We're all of a sudden up. And it, it really, the momentum really started with that defense coming up with a big stop on third and thirteen. So yeah, it was it was two touchdowns in two plays from scrimmage, which is just amazing. I mean, Drayson Green breaks one all the way down the field. We kick it away. They get the ball, like just like Nathan said, first play, second play, second second play. Yeah, they, they so, had a they had one play they and had then, a seven yard pass and then the the fumble. All right, touchdown. two touchdowns in three plays from scrimmage, but any in any case, yeah, Jimmy Maniac scoops it up. Just honestly, that was really when we started to gain our confidence. You know, it wasn't just oh we feel like we can compete like before. We started to believe that we could win, and that the game just changed and it felt like the season changed and I don't I don't want to be overreacting here right? I don't want to say you know the whole season hinges on these couple plays but the mood and the temperament of the team of the whole sideline completely changed from last week and that was really the spark that we've been needing yeah and both we had basically three touch all three of our touchdowns in the first half came in like the last two minutes of quarters so the next quarter, basically, they go on a super long drive where they score a touchdown to tie it up. Um, then we go on a super long drive, and we score a touchdown to tie it up. That was the fourth and goal from the one. And right after we scored the touchdown, there was a kickoff, and then it was halftime. So a two-drive two second quarter, essentially. Um, yeah, and that's really one of the hallmarks of Central Dauphin. Um We've been talking for so long about how State College struggles against the power run. Central Dolphin is a power run team, and we saw that especially in the first quarter, the first half. This was a game. It seemed like, sorry, yeah. w- let me make one point real quick. 
it seemed like we would hold we would they would drive down the field take forever to score and just you know five yards four yards a rush just consistently all the way down take forever off the clock right and then we'd go out there someone would break a touchdown Drayson Green would rush all the way down the field score in a couple plays and our defense was out there again felt like we couldn't get the defense off the field and honestly that was my biggest concern we could score the points to keep up with them but how long does our defense become even mildly effective? You know, how long is it before we start giving up huge plays against a team that doesn't really do that? And we haven't done that yet. Uh, this game, I thought, was much like the St. Augustine game, except for two main differences, which really control... Instead of St. Augustine being in control for most of the game in that other in the second game of the year, we were in control in this game because, one, we control the clock, and... We we were able to stop the power rushing game for them relatively. I mean, they were able to string drives here and there. Um, but we would hold them to third down almost every every new chance, yeah. basically. And it might and that, be a third and one, and it might be a third and two, and they might get it most of the time. But that's still, that still doesn't... It's still... And eventually... It doesn't give them momentum, I Yeah, guess. and eventually we were able to get off the field. And, and then, also... I would like to clarify one thing. Holbert was the one that forced the fumble. I just wanted to check back on my notes. So okay. Colin Holbert forced the fumble. Jimmy Maniac picked it up. I want to give credit. So we controlled the clock and by stopping their defense or their offense relatively easily. And then, of course, we were able to strain long drives together where we controlled the clock. Uh, and we didn't see that against St. Augustine mostly because we would score on the first or second play. And not saying that's bad, but yeah. Also in the St. Augustine game, we would have a lot of three and outs. Um, we'd either go three and out or we'd get a two play touchdown. Um, yeah. This game we would get a two play touchdown, but we'd also string out a drive and score on the one yard line, and that was huge for time and possession, um, and it really helped us stay in control. Yeah, and honestly. For me, the takeaway from this game was that State College made the plays when it counted. You know, when it's fourth and one and you need that touchdown to tie it up, that's when we'd score, you know? Or when it's fourth and six and your coach has called two timeouts right at the end. This is actually, this is the play that set up that touchdown, you know? It was a fourth and six, coach called two timeouts, and really you could see the Central Dolphin defense was just ready to pounce on us. And Freiburg makes a cl- clutch throw. Ellis makes a clutch catch right on the sideline, beats a guy, is able to just get the first down, and that's what ended up leading to the touchdown right before the half that really made the locker room talk probably much more positive. Yeah, but so, so one bad thing I would say, the locker room talk being positive may not have been actually that positive <laughs> because going into the second half... Um, muffed punt on the first drive and then they miss a field goal and really neither team is holding momentum and then a really gutsy play call I would say from Malintel up by a touchdown on our own 30 yard line highlight of the game baby fourth and two um we're everyone in the world expecting a punt I would say, on your own 30-yard line. So this could either have worked out super well in giving us momentum or it could have worked out super well, not well, because neither team had momentum. Um, it was 21-14, but both offenses were really struggling. Um, and then Addison Darcy drops back, doesn't punt, delivers a bullet to Nathan Lusk. First down, um, what was it, a... a 26-yard pass, yeah, uh, and it, so th- it just completely changes the tone of the game. So uh, think about it this way. It's a fourth down, fourth and two, on your 30-yard line. You would not expect the result to be a 26-yard pass from a defensive tackle to a defensive end. That is absolutely ridiculous. Well, Nathan Lusk is also a tight end, but yeah. Yeah, but he's primarily a defensive end. And Darcy is primarily a defense tackle. Like that, that is just. (laughs) We can talk about the D line later, but Addison Darcy was uh, MIA on defensive line 
on Friday night. So that was in, an interesting point of view. But he certainly <laughs> made up for it because yeah. it was a really nice throw. <laughs> and holy cow, watching the Central Dolphin stands after that play, I mean, it's just such an unreal play. Like, it, it's so audacious. You know what I mean? I mean, just completely Holy ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah. And it worked. And that play really defined the rest of the game, I would say, because they came out and we held, we held them to a punt. Um, our offense wasn't stellar the rest of the game, I would say, beside the Jason Green run. Um, but the offense did what it needed to to win the rest of the game. Uh, it was able to string long drives together despite not really generating points. Um, they was able to run off the clock real well. And the defense really stood out in the la- in the second half. Uh, turnover on downs, uh, punt. Uh, and then we give up a touchdown, really, but the game was essentially over. Um, and then, obviously, after that touchdown, Drayson Green breaks it. And that was the game. So... Yeah, it was a satisfying win overall. It was hard fought, you know. Just what the doctor ordered. Honestly, just the most complete win of the season, in my opinion. Um, You know, the one against St. Augustine, I don't think was nearly as pretty as this one. This was just a good score, good scoring, good defense game. Another thing, Nathan, that you mentioned that I thought was interesting. Do you want to explain their Central Dolphins... Uh, differences in how they approached the rushing game between the first and second half, how that might have affected our defense? Well, first half we saw, really they have two running backs, which is Adam Burkhardt, who's your classic fullback, pound it, pound, pound it and grind it, um, guy that runs straight at you and runs runs you over. And um, i got to say, he absolutely ran some people over. <laughs> I mean... Our our sec our linebackers had to tackle him by the by the bunches and most of the time it ended up being them holding yeah. on to his legs and just pulling him down. Yeah, and their other running back Nick Lasher is much more of the the shifty back guy that can run like the Yerky Nellis kind of. And they were they were really generating some positive yards, especially in the first half from Lasher. And then the second half they just stopped running him. So and. Uh, that was probably actually the right move because of our more athletic deep linebackers than power linebackers. Um, but we made an adjustment going into the second half that I overheard one of the coaches say. And I'm not going to say that adjustment because I don't want to spoil it. But it was the right adjustment. I'm going to say that. And we stacked the box. Um, and we were, a- we were able to stop the power rushing game. And when you stack the box, that that that's how you do that. So, yeah. And the thing is, we we employed the classic Bud Foster defense, if you know what I'm talking about. I would like to make one point about the Central Dolphin offense. I don't think they ever passed unless it was third or fourth down. I mean, they're not gonna pass the ball really on first or second down. <laughs> but the thing is, when they did pass, it was very efficient and very difficult. They'd send out two receivers. They'd have a million guys blocking, right? Alright, not a million. You know what I mean. Max protect, two receivers, precision, give the quarterback plenty of time, he makes the throw, the receiver is right where he needs to be, just on the first down line, and honestly, they killed us with that in the first half. You know, it'd be third and eight, and the receiver would pick up exactly eight yards, time and time yeah. again, with the max protect. Um, But that element was really not seen as much in the second half. And honestly, I think our secondary just played up. You know, We weren't really pressuring their quarterback that much. Um, most of our penetration came on running plays, but our secondary completely shut them down. Sammy Knipe jumped up and smacked a ball down on the sideline with his cast, which was pretty hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> they were just playing like we expected them to, honestly. And... If you stack the box and you're not giving up four yards rushing every play, you're giving up two yards rushing every play or one yard, and they can't pass the ball and they don't, they're not really willing to use their shifty guy. I mean, that's three main elements of any offense that you've shut down there. No wonder they only scored 
so little in the this, second half. This was the state high defense's best, or no, is the state high defense's second best game all year. What was their best game all year? Is this a trick question? It might be a trick question. Um, geez, their most com- their best time of the year, in my opinion, was third quarter against Harrisburg. Exactly. I, I was going to say listen, Harrisburg just because of that third I, quarter. I can't say that the first half was pretty. And I can't really say that the fourth half was the fourth quarter was pretty. Third quarter was nice. And the fact that we're getting back into that is really good. And I feel like we played that way for the entire game. When your two best games on defense are your last two games, that's pretty good. Um, especially with the opponents we're about to face these next two weeks. So... Um, and let's move into one of those opponents that we're going to play in this next week. Oh, yeah. First off, you can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> Isaiah Edwards. Um, he posted on his Instagram something cryptic uh, about maybe coming back. So that that might be something. <laughs> something about it's good to be back or something of the sort. And then he posted a picture that Nick took. So Hey, listen. <laughs> If you guys, anybody that's listening, if you want to post my pictures, that's cool. That's what they're there for. Consider it a public a gift. service. A public service, <laughs> yeah. I'm not one of those people that's going to be like, oh, you know, you have to put my name on it or something like that. Honestly, don't worry about it. Just, it's it's there for you to enjoy. So, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you guys are using it if you are. So, I'm really looking forward to this next two weeks being hopefully being able to see Isaiah Edwards get him more reps and get him back in his swing of things before the playoffs because that's an element to our offensive game that we really, really need. Um, him, we need a power rushing game developed in these next two weeks, and we need the deep ball developed not, in these next two weeks. And I mean, not necessarily just power rushing, but aggressive running because Isaiah just has a very different style than Dre. And well, they he'll run, work. He'll run right, right at you. Exactly. And that's what we're he'll missing. he'll run over you. And both of them are better when they complement each other in the in the rushing game. You know, they're both amazing athletes, and they both deserve lots of playing time. But they work best when the defense has to adapt to both of them. And I would like to quote what Isaiah said. Uh, he said on his Instagram account, as Nathan mentioned earlier, "I was down but not out." Hashtag glad to be back. So. Hopefully that means what we think it means, and we'll see him against Altoona or maybe even Cumberland Valley, but it's going to be a good if he is. We're I, looking forward yeah. to it. I think more important, though, than I say it, is developing downfield passing because we have not seen that really all year. We're, we're just throwing it down the middle of the field or down the side of the field and just giving wide receivers trust to make a play. Keaton Ellis going up against any cornerback, he wins that battle every time. And I think we need to put, or Tommy needs to put more more trust in the wide receivers to go up and get the ball. Because what we're seeing right now is he's not really throwing it downfield unless he's got the perfect matchup, the perfect distance between the receiver and cornerback, and he's like wide open or something. Like, if we give our wide receivers a little bit more responsibility, um... I think that'll help us in the long term. It'll give us more options, at least. And not necessarily just in home run plays, but... Not home run plays, but like... Just, you know, mid mid to long range pass plays, you know? Stuff that gets a first down and beyond really is what we're looking for. We see a lot of screens, and we see a lot of cross routes and stuff like that. Well, actually, we don't really see that many cross routes. But we definitely see a lot of screens and a lot of very short out routes, um... That's you know, that's great, and honestly, it, it plays to some of our strengths because you know it gets the ball quickly to the outside where our guys can make plays against less experienced or less athletic defenses. But it'd be nice to add a different dimension to our offense, as Nathan was saying. All right, so let's move into this rivalry game, shall we? Um, Altoona, the return of a rivalry. We haven't played them since 2009. Our... Uh, in a, in a regular season game. There's, regular we season, probably yeah. play them at scrimmage at some point. I think we might have last year. I don't know. I'll, someone's probably going to correct me on that. But regular season game, the point is, since 2009. Um, 
Yeah, playing on the hockey team the last few years, you you learn to hate teams like Altoona and Hollidaysburg and Johnstown because they always beat you and they're always better than you and they always rub it in. So whenever we play against Hollidaysburg or Altoona, I really want to beat them because I remember how bad it felt to lose to them in hockey and in, and how they rub it in and how and the referees because all the all. All the referees in the LMHL, they're all from Altoona, so they're all going to favor Altoona, and they all think State College is full of rich white kids, and I just want to beat them so bad. <laughs> it's like, you have no idea how bad I want to beat Altoona and the Holidaysburg every year. It's like, well, you picked a good couple of teams to beat because they're not very competitive. Yes, uh, Altoona, of course, uh, wins against Williamsport, Taylor Allardis, who is a very bad team that only plays on Thursdays. Uh, Carlisle in double OT. That's it. They lost to Holidaysburg. They lost to Chambersburg. They lost to Central Dolphin East. Central Dolphin 49-7. And Cumberland Valley, of course. So, this is a team that you should not even be close with. If you just look at that. Um, yeah. Yeah, they just don't have the talent that we do. Or the discipline or any of it. Um. This should be a relatively easy win. It's senior night. It's a home game. It should be fun. Um, I feel more comfortable with this make it game. Great. I feel more comfortable that went that with this game than the Carlisle game, um, and that's saying something because Carlisle is not good. Is not a good team at all. So, um, when looking at the roster, they really only have one state high worthy player. I would say, Ouch. And, and that is Gage Hill, of course, the defensive tackle who's committed to Toledo. He's on the front page of the Altoona Mirror Blitz. Um, he is really good. He he might be beyond state college level, and by that I mean he's probably the best defensive tackle in the mid-pen, if not best defensive tackle in Pennsylvania. He's, he's a total the, stud. He's the best defensive player that you're going to play all year. Until the More, playoffs. What about Andre White? I would listen. <laughs> Andre White versus Gage Hill is an interesting debate. Um, they're probably equal. I would say Gage Hill impacts his team more than Andre White does, just because Andre White is not as there's not as much of a talent gap between him and his teammates. I would as agree. Gage Hill is. I would agree. So. Gage Hill, just avoid running at him. If if I guess if there was a game that Isaiah Edwards were looking to improve his repertoire, this would be the game because he's going against the best defensive tackle in the mid pen, definitely, and maybe the best defensive tackle in in like from between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. So. Which got, is the mid pen? Between listen, if there's. If you're looking at the city of Philadelphia and drawing a line straight up and down in the state, yeah, you're looking and, at the city of Pittsburgh and trying to you know what's in between those things? It's a thing called the mid pen. Well, Whitfield's in the middle Whitfield's of Pennsylvania. In the middle too. Well, Whitfield's like in Pittsburgh, ish, Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, That's but a, it's not in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is like inner inner Pittsburgh league, so. They got they got their all their own leagues, dude. It's <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Between okay. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, everything in between. Between downtown Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> the point is, he's a stud. And yes. he's really he's he's a very good player. He's physical, he's huge. Like he, Nathan said, he's by far the best player on their team. He's by far the best defensive tackle that will play this year. Maybe not in playoffs, but absolutely in the regular season. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, not much can be said about their offense. Their quarterback is average to below average. They have a all right running back, I would say. The running back can definitely make plays. They have one good wide receiver, and their offensive line is subpar. Um, they're just an average to below average team. and Mediocre, yeah. one would say. <laughs> Mediocre team. Um the mid pen has gone has improved drastically this year, and that doesn't help Altoona. They played in the Whippeal last year and the year before, and, and 
basically from 2009 to last year, and they were horrible because they're playing against teams that they shouldn't be playing. Um, and Altoona moved, and uh, I'm not saying the mid-pen is as good as the Whitfield, but it, it, it's almost there this year. It's almost, I, I would, Pine Richland's good, North Allegheny's good, but uh, State College versus Seneca Valley, that, yeah. that could be, yeah, that and, could give, give them I a think, game. I think Harrisburg, Harrisburg could would definitely, give Pine Richland a game. Absolutely, so, absolutely. So, yeah, I think we'll win this game by double digits. <laughs> uh, That's an easy pick. So... Let's move into our picks against the spread. I don't think we need to talk about this game any longer because we don't really know much about Altoona other than we don't like them and that... <laughs> He's been waiting to play this. Quote unquote. Listen, I care so much more about this game than the Cumberland Valley game. Like, this. Like, this game is so much more. <laughs> like,. The players... This is like when Virginia Tech played West Virginia last year. Like, not... Because the players... Like, we were nine years old the last time we played Altoona. So, it's not like... It's not really a, as much of a rivalry, maybe, for them. But let's make it a rivalry again. Alright? Because... Yeah, I'm cool with that. This, let's make it a rivalry. State College and Altoona are the two biggest cities... Beside Harrisburg... Between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. So... I think we should make this a rivalry, just as much as it is with Harrisburg, just as much as it is with Cumberland Valley, and I don't even know why we are rivals with Cumberland Valley, because it's an hour and a half away. So I'll tell you why, because <laughs> Cumberland Valley is good, and they have a, they beat us a lot. Honestly, the most, one of the most, probably, okay, the most satisfying high school football win I've ever seen was my freshman year when we beat Cumberland Valley. That was a heck of a time, and I'm talking about the freshman team, of course. Although, I believe we did beat them in varsity as well, if I remember correctly. But it was an amazing game. And honestly, ever since then, I've decided that I will not stand a loss to Cumberland Valley. So for me, Cumberland Valley is a rival. It's way bigger than Altoona. But you know what? That's cool because you can have your rival and I can have my rival. And we can both enjoy when we beat them because they're both bad teams. And we're probably going to beat them pretty easily in these next two weeks. Alright, so let's do our pick against the spread for this game. State College is favored by 23 points against Altoona. What is your pick? 23 over under. Um, basically, geez. for this game, you're basically picking, are we just going to try and run up the score, or are we not going to try and run up the score? And because it's a rival, I'm hoping that we do. So I'm going to say the over. Because I don't, I don't want us to get take any mercy on teams like Holidaysburg or Altoona because hockey. So <laughs> I certainly don't have the same sentiments about Altoona, but I think that even our second, third string guys can run up the score against Altoona. <laughs> Maybe not as much, but I think they can still put up more points on the board than them. So I'm also going with the over. I feel like. This is a this should be an easy pick. Let's put it that way. We should win this game by more than twenty three points. If we don't, eh? If we if lose, we, if we don't, oh my goodness! If we don't win this game by more than twenty three points, we are playing the backups too early. I would say. Um, just a quick story on why I don't like Altoona that much. Um, I when I played hockey, I wasn't very good. Um, I was kind of out of shape. I still kind am kind of out of shape. Um. And I couldn't skate that well. So, garbage time against Altoona. They're blowing us out by, like, nine goals. And then I'm trying to skate backwards to play defense, and I fall on my butt, and their whole student section laughs at me. That's why I hate Altoona so much, because their student section will do that to a poor kid who's just trying to learn how to play hockey and loves hockey. So... Screw you, Altoona. <laughs> I hope we crush you by 30 and 40 points. <laughs> wow, that was like... 
that was unparalleled anger. I mean, you should just see Nathan's face. It's just convulsing with rage. No, I'm just kidding. He's laughing. But honestly, for Nathan's sake, I hope we blow out Altoona because that was a heartfelt story. And I am I can almost feel the eyes of the Altoona student section on me. I can close my eyes and just see it. It is terrible. So hopefully we blow him out for that sake. Um, next, we've got Carlisle at Harrisburg. Um, what? Okay. We're just going up. <laughs> we're just this, going up. <laughs> this is... Man, this is not a game. <laughs> this is really not a game. The game The game is, will Harrisburg give up before they score more than 30 points than Carlisle? No, I gotta say, one thing to know is, even though Harrisburg is a great offense, they don't score as many points as you would expect them to. I mean, they did blow out, like, Reading 75 to nothing or something, so... <laughs> yeah, but that's Reading. Um... I'm still going with the over. Harrisburg is just... Honestly, I don't... There there hasn't been a team this year, and there will not be a team this year in the mid-pen that seriously has contended them. State College is the one that's come closest, and we all know who that how that went. Um, we gave them a great game in the third quarter. We did not play four quarters. And that's why we lost. Carlisle is not going to play one quarter against them. They're not going to get one out of four. They're going to get zero out of four, and they're going to get destroyed at every step of the way. Carlisle has an average offense and a mediocre defense. And you don't want to have a mediocre... Like, say College's defense was playing the best they possibly could on that day, and they still gave up how many points? So, that's... Yeah. But a 30-point spread... That's crazy. Uh, I know. So, I know. So I'm definitely taking the under. Even I mean, they just lost by 15. No, they won by 15 against Chambersburg. So, I, and Carl, there's not a huge difference between Carlisle and Chambersburg. I I think by the offense and the defense. So. All right. Next, we've got Seneca Valley at Pine Richland. Pine Richland's favored by 28 points. I'm taking the under. Yeah, Seneca Valley has actually looked pretty good this year. But we saw a similar... We saw a lower spread when they played Northern Allegheny, and then they blew out Northern Allegheny. So, the... Or no, we saw a similar spread, yeah, when Pine Richland played Northern Allegheny, and Pine Richland blew them out. So, and Seneca Valley got... kept a game with Northern Allegheny. So... I think Pine Richland is so good right now. I'm picking the over. And they seem to blow out every team they play. I I mean, honestly, I can't really argue with it. You know? Anytime you're betting for Pine Richland, and by betting I mean making a guess, it's a pretty good bet slash guess if you want to be technical about it. Next up, we got... The the charm of the podcast, I guess every State College fan now is a fan, a de facto fan of this team because of this podcast, or everyone who listens to this, because they just keep getting on. Um, Cedar Crest is that, you know who it is. I'm sorry, Wilson! Wilson, I'm sorry! I'm sorry! Wilson! Wilson! Alright. Out of everything to make a joke about... Like, this has been the most... This has been the most... Comment below. Do you like the Wilson joke? Because I love it, and I'm going to keep playing it. This has been the most consistent joke we've had on the podcast. I hope we play Wilson later, so we can just play that. No, actually, I would love to play Wilson. (laughs) Wilson is actually a good 6A team, and they're looks like they're going to make the playoffs. So, they're playing at Cedar Crest. They're favored by 20. I'm going to take the over, just because Wilson... Just cause Wilson. Just cause Wilson, huh? Just cause Wilson. Cedar Crest is not a good team <laughs> either. So, how? What does Cedar Crest schedule look like this year? Let's check it out, shall we? Cause I'm actually a little bit intrigued. So, anyways, um, before I make my pick, I'm gonna make my pick for Mifflin County at Greencastle Antrim. Mifflin County is favored by six points. Um, I hate to say it, but I'm taking the over for Mifco. Nathan's going to hate me for it. 
but Mifflin County's coming off of a, I don't want to say a nice win, because they beat a 5A team, but they're coming off a win, and that's important for Mifflin County. So I'm going with the over. Listen, Greencastle Antrim stinks. And Mifflin County is stinks also, but they're they're getting a little bit of momentum behind them. However, I think Greencastle Antrim takes this one close. I'm gonna take the under, but not the win for Greencastle Antrim because I can't pick for Mifflin County. But there's no way I think Greencastle Antrim is gonna win. So. Before, uh, let's check out the Cedarcrest football schedule. They are currently 4-4. Four and four. <laughs> They beat Lebanon. They beat Hershey. They lost to William Penn. They, Ooh, they beat J.P. That's, that's a tough loss. J.P. McCaskey. They lost to Hempfield, who... Ugh, they're like 1-7. <laughs> um, they lost to Warwick. They beat Penn Manor. And they lost in overtime to Mannheim Township. What? Okay. <laughs> that is that is like a yeah, 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 yeah. What the <laughs> So how how does a team like that lose in overtime to Mannheim Township? Why didn't we talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I Mannheim Township really isn't this isn't yeah, Mannheim Township is isn't really the topic of our podcast and we don't really know a ton about them or their league. So Alright, well, in any case um, geez. I'm going... I'll go with the over as well. Just because Wilson. Yeah, just because Wilson. <laughs> See, on this podcast, we like Wilson, and some of us really don't like Mifflin County, and some of us really, really don't like Altoona and Hollisburg. And ju- just for reference, Wilson beat Manheim Township, so... <laughs> And that's Manheim Township's only loss, I think. So, of course, Wilson lost to Warwick. So, who knows how good Warwick is. Manheim Township, yeah, they're 7-1. and one, And their only loss was to Wilson. Which was at home. <laughs> Ouch. So, yeah, just take Wilson. Alright, moving on. We got Arch- Archbishop Wood at LaSalle College. LaSalle College having a down year. Archbishop Wood having a average year, I would say. Both teams probably not going to make the playoffs because they're both Catholic schools and they got St. Joe's in there. Um, so, who are you going to pick? Actually, uh, Archbishop Wood's in Pittsburgh, so they can they can make it. Sound College, not that much, though. Uh, I, I, f- I think I'm taking... Jeez. Mm, man, this is a tough one. I think I'll take the under. He's doing another one. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm taking the under on a minus six spread, which is just stupid, but I'm taking I can't the, help myself. I'm taking the under and the win because LaSalle College, their wins aren't against very good teams and their losses are against very good teams. We don't really know how good LaSalle College is right now, so I'm going to take Archbishop Wood because they're more of a proven commodity. And now we'll move into some mid-pen action. Central Dolphin. Finally. The team we just beat at Chambersburg. You know what? I think I'm going to take Central Dolphin with the over here. The spread is negative 10, by the way. And that is an easy pick for me. I, I don't think Chambersburg has the right skill set to beat Central Dolphin. Um, I think they well, are... sure they do. They're very athletic like we are. Uh, I just... Yeah, but not nearly to the right extent. I mean, I think they're just going to get overwhelmed. Yeah, Chambersburg... I really do. I I don't think they can keep it close in this game. Chambersburg offensive line, there's a lot of work to be done there. I mean, they got a couple good athletes, but they're, they're still a long way away from being a real contender like Central Dolphin is. Cumberland Valley is at Central Dolphin East. These are two pretty bottom-tier teams in the mid-pen, so... But I think out of both have honestly, years. I think Central Dolphin East is like the most average team in the mid ten. Yeah, like you can bet on them pretty easily against the lower tier teams, and you can bet against them pretty easily against the upper tier teams. Yeah, and but average average year for Central Dolphin East is kind of a down year. They're usually pretty good. I mean, they were good last year mostly because Kane Everson. But well, um, because of that, and because they were good to me last pick. Um, last week, I'm going to go to 
the central Dauphin East over negative 7 above Cumberland Valley. Hmm, this is an interesting, because Cumberland Valley has, they're 2-0 and in their last two. So, I think Cumberland Valley could pull the under in the win. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. So, I, I honestly would, but that would shake things up a bit, I'll tell you that for sure. I don't. Um, I wouldn't be surprised would, if that happened. I would feel a little worse going into her game last week. Well, the last week, not last week. If they beat CD East, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna happen, but who knows? All right, let's. We're running short on time here. Let's go into our predictions. Predictions. What are we predicting? I'll make it easy. This game will be over by halftime. Write it down. <laughs> Altoona State College, we will have at least a 21-point lead by halftime. I think that's a very fair prediction. Very fair. And I will be laughing my head off. Just like those darn kids in Altoona did to me like two years ago. I have another easy prediction. I don't think that Mr. Hill is going to be a big enough force to do anything against our offensive line. But you can't I know quantify he's... that. <laughs> well, okay, listen. Y- you can see when he's overwhelming people. I, I think that their- the rest of their defensive line is poor enough that he won't be able to make enough of a v- difference. Honestly, if you're, a- if you're trying to be a one-man team on defense, defensive tackle is probably just about the worst position to play. I don't know. Maybe something in the secondary, but that that's just... One-man defensive tackle doesn't really work that well. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think we're going to see Gage Hill have as much of an impact as we normally would in this game. How, how, how would I rephrase it that way? Maybe he makes some plays, but I don't think he's going to be a force. Maybe se. have, like, a sack or less. All right, yeah. I, I, okay, I don't think that Gage Hill will get a sack in this game. How about that? Okay, that's Is that, good. that that's l- a good little one. more direct? Hill won't get sacked. Alright, let's get into those plugs. We got... I don't, I don't think we're missing anything, are we? Just talking uh, about? No, you can follow me at NickHoss75 on Twitter, or you can send me an email, um, NickHoss75 at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at NathGorilla, or, or I... Blah, blah. You can send me an email at NathGorilla at gmail.com. No one ever does. <laughs> you can... Um, you can look at our website, which isn't really up to date anymore. But actually, I don't think I even link it in the description. You can just look at westernpafootball.net. We have everything there. Tomorrow, they're actually talking about the playoff bracket. Uh, we don't know anything really. I mean, I have preliminary knowledge about the playoff bracket. But if you want real experts like from Bruce Badgley and all them, you can uh, go listen to Fresh Set of Downs. Another great football podcast. They talk more about all of Pennsylvania um, football on theirs. Um, you can go follow Billy Splain, WesternPAFootball.net on Twitter, or PA Football News on Twitter, and they've been advertising it like crazy the last couple days. Um, and then they'll have a live stream up Wednesday night, but you'll most likely be listening to this after Wednesday night. So they'll have the link up there for archived. So... All right. I think that just about does it. This has been the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nathan. And I'm Nick. Go Little Lions. Yeah. Uh-huh.